Hi, this is Peggy. And Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mixed up our intro a little bit today. I'm trying to keep it fresh. I, I heard that, and I was rattled for half a second, and I thought I recovered rather well. You did. I thought you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> great. It was good talking to you. Have a nice week. <laughs> Um, So we have a very timely podcast today. Uh, There's been a lot of news articles about if Social Security may or may not start monitoring social media feeds um, when it comes to individuals who have claimed full disability. And so we kind of ripped today's topic from the headlines and we're going to break it down for everybody. Yes. Yes, that is exactly what we're going to do. Um, so, f- you know, the big issue, Peggy, obviously, when you're talking about uh, disability or is the potential for fraud and abuse, that is a, a real and legitimate issue. And uh, the proposal uh, from the government is to start using social media, try to expose that in federal disability claims. Um, so in this podcast, we're going to cover just a very high level refresher on what disability benefits are, why the White House would want to support this effort how this might actually work in practice, and what the potential problems are. Sounds good. And Dave, you and I spoke about this topic before we began to record, and this actually is something that is kind of a new issue for individuals dealing with Social Security disability. However, if you have a case through workers' compensation, this type of monitoring is a little bit more familiar. So... Yeah. And this is something you actually have personal experience with. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, my, my injury is from, um, a computer fell on my foot at work, just a refresher. Um, actually it was 21 years ago, two days ago that I actually had the accident. Um, and that threw me into the wonderful world of workers' compensation. And I have had, um, Uh, private investigators speak to neighbors, speak to people that I was going out on dates with and tell me, uh, this is before social media, um, to make sure that I really couldn't walk. And it was really frustrating, especially when I just moved to Virginia and I didn't know anybody and this person was going around kind of alarming my neighbors a little bit, Um, you know, because it's always unnerving when somebody knocks and starts asking questions about a new neighbor, right? Um, but it's something that it, it happens because there is a lot of abuse in, in the workers' compensation system, just as there's a lot of abuse uh, with Social Security disability. Um, so it's, it's not that monitoring isn't necessary, but it can be unnerving and uncomfortable. Yeah, I would think, especially in the Washington, D.C. area, when all of a sudden people are knocking on your doors, it's like, is this the CIA? Is this the, what's what's going on? Is my neighbor a spy? Why are they investigating them? And we should come back to this point, Peggy, around um, the difference between what you experienced historically and monitoring social media, uh, because this actually speaks to some of the concerns uh, that are unique to social media for for this purpose. So, um to start off, why don't um, why don't I, Peggy, talk quickly just about uh, disability benefits at fifteen thousand feet, and then you can uh, dive into the first part of the real substance part of this, is which is you know why why would this be interesting to the White House uh, as a as a uh, 
potential program. Does that make sense? Let's do it. All right. So uh, disability benefits. Uh, Social Security uh, pays only for total disability, meaning complete disability. And what is complete disability? Uh, It means that you can't do the work you did before. You can't adjust to other work because of your condition or conditions. And your disability has lasted or is expected to last at least one year. And um, this is something that is unique to every person. There are people who, based on the work that they have done prior to the whatever the event is that has led to their disability, there are people who may be able to continue that line of work afterwards and um, people with exactly the same injury who might not be able uh, to continue in that line of work. So it is a specific thing for anyone who wants to really do the deep dive on understanding disability benefits. There's a podcast for that. Um, We did it in Amped episode 48. And I actually recall, Peggy, we did a fair amount of research together on that one because it wasn't something uh, that we had a lot of specific firsthand experience with um, as it related to um, social security, disability income, and social security disability generally. Uh, But Episode 48 goes way into the weeds on this, and we would encourage people to listen to that if you're not familiar with it but want a better understanding. So with that being said, what are the issues, Peggy, that would lead the White House to potentially want to follow through on this type of proposal? Well, right now, more than 10 million people are currently receiving Social Security disability benefits. So it's not a small and significant number of people that this impacts. Um, and the benefit payments exceed more than $11 billion a month. Um, that's a lot of money. I did not realize that it was that high. So that number, when when I saw it, really made my jaw drop. So this is something that, that you know, especially as we're becoming a little bit more um, fiscally aware and uh, better stewards of, of government money or striving to be better stewards of money, um, Eleven billion dollars is definitely a number that that jumps on a lot of people's radar, um, and there's absolutely no question that fraud is an issue in this program. The purpose of this podcast today is to, is we're not saying that there's not fraud. There is fraud. Um, it's estimated that three point four billion dollars in overpayments occurred in 2017 alone. Um, and some percentage of that is due to beneficiaries not reporting work activities. So that is individuals who are drawing Social Security disability and then doing the side jobs, working on the side or working under the table, that sort of thing. Um, and actually, Dave, in 2017, a judge for the Social Security Administration pled guilty for his role in a fraud scheme. Yeah, and the facts behind that one at a real high level are that there was a administrative law judge for the federal government, for the Social Security Administration, who was, um, as part of the scheme, uh, approving disability claims where he shouldn't have been to the tune of almost half a billion dollars, 500 plus million dollars to get people on the Social Security disability uh, payment, uh, payment wagon. So fraud, fraud, as you said, Peggy real issue. These are real dollars. And from that, let's turn to just, you know, so obviously there's, there are reasons why you'd want to stamp that out and how might this work? Well, um, the, the, the very simple concept here is, you know, does social security start going and monitoring your social media accounts? Do they go to your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed, your Twitter feed, and looking at what you're posting there? 
Um, and, you know, they could argue that photo of you playing golf or doing another physical activity shows that you don't have a back or other body injury. Um, one lawyer um, who was interviewed in a news article about this, who specializes in representing claimants for Social Security disability income, said, you don't, and this is a quote, you don't want anything on there that shows you out playing Frisbee. Uh, because obviously that suggests that you're quite mobile and and able. Um, now, with all of that being said, presently, disability examiners do not routinely look at social media. But um, there are people who are now advising claimants and uh, other individuals, beneficiaries under SSDI, to be careful about what they're posting on social media because it could, in theory, be used against you. Now, Peggy, what uh, I'd be curious as to your reaction to this, you live a, a very connected life via social media. It's what you do professionally. And, and I am very open about the fact that I largely do not. So, you know, do you have a general reaction to that? And then could you walk us through um, what you think the potential problems are with this proposal? Sure. Um, so my the main thing that pops to my mind, Dave, is, you know, you're really only posting pictures when you're feeling strong or you're feeling good and, and you're feeling healthy and happy. You typically don't post photos of yourself when you're having, you know, an excruciating pain day. So if you see a photo of somebody, you know, smiling at a park, you don't always get the backstory of the wheelchair in the corner or, you know, the, the three days that you spent in bed before and after just so that you could make it to the trip to watch your grandkids' soccer game or whatever it is. Um, the, the social media really only provides a snippet, and it's usually a positive snippet of what's going on in that life. So if somebody is going to analyze an entire lifestyle and make assumptions about if that individual is disabled or not disabled, just looking at one snippet that is often very carefully curated is not always going to provide the most accurate portrayal. The other thing is that, you know, and I'm notorious for doing this, sometimes I post photos that are three or four years old um, because they make me happy or they reminded me of somebody else or I'm feeling reminiscent. Um, so just because a photo is posted you know, today doesn't mean that it was necessarily taken today. So I would caution examiners to, you know, if you're going to be looking and analyzing a feed, you know, how are they going to be able to judge if that is a contemporary photo or if that's kind of an individual's flashback photo? Um, and the third one is, is that social media profiles are notorious for identity theft. Um, people create clone accounts all the time. And I could really see this becoming a huge issue. Um, if somebody clones your account and then sends out friend requests and gets a whole bunch of your friends and a whole bunch of new people to follow you, and then somebody from Social Security comes on and analyzes that account and sees that person, you know, playing Frisbee. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's you, even though it says it's your hometown and has all of your credentials. It still does not mean that that's you. Um, and also, Dave, we don't have this one listed, but I also think about kind of the retribution factor, that if you are in a relationship or a friendship even with somebody who you know is receiving Social Security benefits 
and somehow you have a falling out, it would be very easy for that person to start posting photos of you when you were healthy doing things and tagging you as if it was contemporary and kind of setting you up a little bit. Um, so those are my my potential problems with what could be going on with it. You know, if you start um, analyzing social media to glean information about whether or not the person is truly disabled or not. And again, I mean, this is this is a really tricky one, Dave, because I know that there's a lot of abuse. I think back to the when I had the private eye following me, and then you know, two weeks later, there was a big Dateline Gotcha episode where they followed some woman who claimed she had a back injury and she was wakeboarding in Hawaii. I mean, that kind of stuff infuriates me because it makes it hard for everybody else. So no doubt the government has a really tough job on its hand, you know, and really needs to figure out how to clamp down on fraud. But I'm not sure that analyzing social media, especially in a vacuum, is going to provide the best information. Yeah, these are all really good points, Peggy. And and you, so a, a few reactions from me. One, you use the word curated to describe how people uh, show their lives on social media. And that's a really great term because, um, in fact, there's, there's, I think, pretty robust data proving that what people tend to post on social media is kind of the happiest, shiniest, most perfect version of themselves. And as you know, Peggy, and this is something I see with my teenage daughter and her friends, the pictures that generally go up on social media that they're putting up are not only these sort of perfect pictures in the abstract, but they're Photoshopping the hell out of them to make themselves look even better when they go up. So it's this really kind of heavily edited version of a life. It is portraying one very narrow aspect of existence. And in fact, the research that shows that people who use social media a lot, there's a, you can get depressed from doing it. The, the operating theory behind that is because when you compare yourself to everybody else, you say, well, everybody else is perfect and happy and beautiful and I'm not. So it's, you know, it, that is a, it's a really, really good point. And I want to go back to the where we sort of started this discussion, which was the private investigator, for all of the creepiness factor of a PI, what you are getting with that is you're getting something that is inherently kind of contemporaneous, and it is it is not abstract. Um, it is it is um, firsthand or secondhand evidence. That the private investigator is trying to accumulate in real time um, at the time of the claimed disability to prove. Uh, whether or not you're eligible for benefits. And that is a far cry from the kind of timeless or uh, undate stamped nature of what can go up on social media. So uh, in fact, the, the critics of this plan said, you know, we would be much more comfortable with the kind of traditional PI approach to investigations. If you want to stamp out fraud and abuse, do it through an investigation. Dedicate resources to investigating the individuals who you think are doing bad things. Don't go the route of just sort of, you know, going online and trying to find evidence, uh, in quotes, evidence of someone's ableness uh, based upon something that you can't really ever validate in a, in a truly legitimate way. Those are some really, really good points. I think, um, you know, Dave, as a takeaway, I think that 
And I always caution people this, just be smart when you post on social media. Um, people are watching and it stays forever, right? So your daughter that's posting photos now, somewhere those photos are still going to be there, you know, when she runs for president in 30 years. So she needs to be aware of that. <laughs> God help us all. Um, you know, so, and I tell my son that all the time. He's He just opened up his his Instagram account where he just takes pictures of the cats and what he has for dinner, which is perfectly fine with me. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you have to be really smart about what you put out there. Um, and it is very heavily curated. And as long as you know that, that's fine. Um, but things are Photoshopped. People are not always what they seem on social media. I think that this could be a topic for a completely other podcast, Dave. Um, but be careful about what you put on social media because it could be used against you. If And, you know, fraud and abuse, they're legitimate. They happen. It's frustrating. You know, so my takeaway is just don't cheat the system. I think that's really good advice. Don't be a crook. Um, but, you know, just to be clear, we're also not sitting here saying here are all the ways you can skirt the system by, you know, uh, uh, using your social media in a very strategic way so that you can get disability. We're not suggesting no, that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm we're, sorry. I didn't mean to imply that. No, I, and I didn't take it that way. I just want to be absolutely transparent that our goal in this podcast was simply to educate people about what the proposal is, how the people who, if they end up following through with this, would use it. And therefore, we want people with legitimate disabilities who should qualify for benefits to be aware of what some of the potential pitfalls are if they are simply not cognizant of how this information could be used. I really think, you know, as we're talking through this, and even when I first saw it, but as we kind of did a deeper dive into this, there's a lot of issues that, that need to be flushed out in this in this scenario. I mean, how are these people going to know that it's actually your social profile that they're following and not following somebody with your name somewhere else? Um, from that to time stamping to you put up your pretty little perfect world, um, I'm not sure, except in cases where it's going to be kind of blatant and extreme, I'm not sure that social media is really going to be a huge tool um, to flush out fraudulent claims. However, um, it is something that's on the radar and is something that's being, being thought about. And as a result, as always, knowledge is your best friend. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Peggy. Another one down. There you go. Have any good great plans for the weekend? Um, do I have any good plans for the weekend? I, I feel it. we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and I feel like the weekend is a week away. I don't think I have any specific plans this weekend, Peggy. I think it's going to be a weekend of hopefully reading and relaxing. And Kara and I are binge watching The Sopranos again. I've never seen it. It's a really good show if you like mob violence. I like Goodfellas. Well, That's then you would love The Sopranos. about as deep as I've ever gotten into mob violence. But um, actually, I'm watching Breaking. I'm um, binge watching Breaking Bad again. So, I guess kind of along the same lines, maybe. 
It is. And in a related vein to that, my wife met Brian Cranston a few weeks ago. I saw that on social media. <laughs> Bringing everything full circle back to social media. There Tara went into Manhattan and saw uh, saw him in uh, the Broadway play he's in. And afterwards, uh, he came out and was uh, very happily signing autographs and shaking hands with everyone. And she has a signed playbill and had a very brief but lovely conversation with him. He was quite charming from the video I saw. He seemed very, very nice. She seemed very excited. So yes, very and cool. another very cool fact about Brian Cranston, uh, in, a, in a past life when uh, the organization that I work for was sponsoring the Wounded Warrior amputee softball team, Brian Cranston was uh, still part of the Breaking Bad cast at that time and actually hosted, I think, more than once uh, a rather large fundraiser for the Wounded Warrior amputee softball team in Albuquerque at the minor league stadium there and had all of these Hollywood people and people from the cast playing in the softball game against the Wounded Warriors softball team. Did you go? I did not. I did not know about this until after it had all happened. But. But I did. I did hear from all of the guys on the team after after the fact. They were like, oh, "Brian Cranston is a cool dude. What a great guy!" Wow, I'm jealous. So I, another I reason to love him besides Breaking Bad. Yeah, there you go. He's a good guy. All right, and even he is careful about what he posts on social media. <laughs> it's, uh, you would know better than I. I'm not following him on any feeds. Yes. Oh, and if you want to follow us, AmpedPod on Facebook, AmpedPod on Twitter, or you can always connect with us through our private network. If you want to keep your your limb loss, limb difference discussions, questions, support separate from your social feed, we have an app for that. You can go to ampedlife.com and join the Amped Army. Yeah, and when you do that, you can even then go and download the specific app so you have a mobile access on your cell phone. We can be with you wherever you go. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. All right, Dave. Phenomenal. Have a good one. You too, Peggy. Take care. Bye.